Hi, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Welcome to episode 290. Um, this will be the, uh, the second in the series with George Washington. So we're going to start uh, in, in the same year of 1752. Washington's stepbrother, Lawrence, developed tuberculosis, tuberculosis, which was called consumption in those days. For health reasons, George took Lawrence to Barbados, since the warmer climate might help cure him. The journey eased his symptoms, but only to a limited degree. Shortly after his return, Lawrence became much more ill, and in three months he actually died. After Lawrence died, his widow, Anne, took over the estate at Mount Vernon. She had lifetime rights to the plantation, and upon her death, George was entitled to his father's will to assume ownership. When Anne remarried, she and her new husband moved and leased the property to George. He then moved there, and his mother remained in Fredericksburg. Shortly after arriving, Washington developed smallpox. Although smallpox claimed many victims, George Washington was strong and survived. He spent his time during his recovery sitting on the terrace at the mansion overlooking the Potomac. After his brother Lawrence died, he also left his position of adjunct of the Virginia militia open. Washington still had an intense interest in military service, so he lobbied for the post, was accepted, and appointed a major after his training. His mother realized how strongly he wanted this, so she didn't object this time. When it was discovered that George was familiar with the Ohio Valley, he was promoted to lieutenant colonel and was sent to the region by General Dinwiddie as a scout to protect the interest of Great Britain. He was given a regiment of troops whom he led through the Ohio Valley. Once Washington reached the Ohio Valley, he made contact with the tribes there, as he had done before in his land surveying missions. Just east of the Ohio River, Washington introduced himself to the Seneca tribal chieftain, a spokesman for the Seneca Iroquois and other tribal nations. They responded well and with utmost respect and friendly to this man, and Washington was able to spike their interest in dealing with the English at the time. While exploring the mountainous regions in the valley, Washington noticed that the French had started already building forts in the area, including a huge fort at two tributaries of the Ohio River, named Fort Duskane. Upon his return, Washington reported information about the French forts back to Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie then related this to the, his superiors in England. In the hopes of drawing up an agreement, England told the French that Great Britain had had interest in the Ohio Valley. The French officials made numerous excuses and deliberately delayed any proposed meetings. England sent follow-up messages, but those letters were ignored. The crisis was coming to an extreme head. In 1754, Dinwiddie sent Washington back to the Ohio Valley with more troops and orders to expel the French. Washington took the same route as he had done before and was met by his Native American friend. 
They warned Washington of a large French military scouting party at the Glen East of the Ohio River. In exchange for exclusive trading rights with the British, the tribe agreed to rally his warriors to support Washington. Washington's forces were relatively small because the British were having quite the difficulty enticing many colonies in British America to send their militia to the Ohio Valley. Virginia, however, did not send the same troops, about 150, along with a colonial colonel by the name of Joshua Fry, some British regulars, and a small contingent from the North Carolina militia. In the meantime, the tribes who were helping Washington attempted to get support of more tribes and other types of Indians, specifically the Delaware and the Shawnee tribes, and he was successful to a limited degree. Washington, his militia, and a few new tribal allies started to build a fortification which he called Fort Necessary. It took a month to construct. During this period, the colonel from Virginia, Joshua Fry, was suddenly killed in a fall from his horse. Dinwiddie then promoted Washington to full colonel. When the mixed troops arrived at the Glen, Washington noted that the French scouting unit was quite vulnerable, so he and his men ambushed them. During the onslaught, the French-Canadian general, Joseph, Joseph D. Germainville, was slain. This battle, it is said, only lasted about 15 minutes, but was a victory for the English forces under Washington. In May of 1754, the French poured out from Fort Duquesne under the command of Joseph de Jumonville, and descended upon Washington and his men before the completion of Fort Necessity was accomplished. De Jumonville was killed in the, that encounter, and the French surrendered. Soon after Fort Necessity was finished, the French forces poured out again from Fort Duquesne and proceeded toward Fort Necessity, under the command of Colonel Louis de Jeanville, the half-brother of the colonel who was killed in the Glen during the first battle led by Washington. Louis de Jeanville was determined to avenge his brother's death. Along the way to Fort Necessity, the spotted scalps opened up the tribes and had nailed on the trees as a kind of psychological warfare, thus warning of what was to come. Back at Fort Necessity, Washington had his men build more entrenchments near the local woods, and his tribal allies arrived to help. However, the area was muddy and soaked with a sudden and prolonged downpour. He was also concerned because the provisions at Fort Necessity were sparse, and much of the gunpowder was wet from the unrelenting rain. Before Washington was able to obtain sufficient supplies and replace his gunpowder, the forces descended upon them. Washington's forces were outnumbered by the French and were forced to fight on the open field outside the fort. Washington was hampered by the poor aim of some of the British regulars assigned to him. After engaging the French, he was forced to retreat back to the fort. Although Washington's men fought quite courageously, he had to accept surrender. However, Washington wasn't familiar with the French language, 
and the surrender terms indicated that he had assassinated Louis, Louis's brother in the prior battle at the Glen. When his commanding officer noted the so-called assassination, he questioned Washington. Although Washington explained the error, indicating that Louis, Louis's brother, died during the battle, they were ambivalent about trusting young George Washington. This was quite the error on Washington and disparaged his future reputation for many years to come. The date was July 3rd, 1754. Great Britain had lost confidence in Washington due to the mistranslation error. So this time, they sent the Major General Edward Braddock from Great Britain and appointed him the head of the French and Indian War in British America. Washington was then instructed to join him along with Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Gage at the Machanhela River. Daniel Boone, the famous frontiersman from Pennsylvania, was among Braddock's troops. Having been hired on as a wagoneer, General Braddock was accustomed to the block formations of the British military. Washington advised him that indicating the enemy tribes allied with the French would fight from the woods and shrubbery, rather than in the traditional formations. Braddock chose to ignore Washington's advice and set up the troops into rigid formations consisting of two lines and had Colonel Gage split off the flank. Washington held up the rear guard. Like Washington, Daniel Boone also felt that Braddock's formations would make them vulnerable to the guerrilla-style tactics. The French and their tribal allies fired from the woods and forced the British to engage them there. That confused the British, so they shot without aiming and even ended up killing some of their own two men. Many retreated when they saw the marauding tribesmen, including Boone, who was disgusted as at the military ignorance displayed by the British. During the encounter, Braddock was seriously injured, so Washington rode to the head of the remaining troops and rode back and forth in the battlefield and gathered his soldiers together. He also had Braddock and the other wounded men carried away from the battlefield. There weren't enough able-bodied British soldiers left, so that made a counterattack unfeasible. This was a significant defeat, as for Braddock, he later died of his wounds. The year was 1758. Washington couldn't obtain a higher commission in the British military because he didn't get a recommendation from General Braddock before his death. Washington knew the region, and he knew the fighting style of the French Canadians and their tribal allies, so he felt quite frustrated. Washington and his men were regulated to work on a road nearby that would give the new British commander, General John Forbes, access to Fort Duskane in order to attack it again. After a crucial section of the road was finished, Forbes marched forward to the fort. However, he neglected to send out scouting parties to gather intelligence, so he was handily defeated by the French before reaching the fort. Forbes was puzzled when he saw no activity there and asked Washington to inspect it. Washington discovered that the fort was burned by the French after they abandoned it. There was little left of the structure but broken wood and smoldering debris. The tribal warriors had also beheaded some of the British soldiers from Scotland and displayed their their kilts above them 
with their heads on spikes. Washington had seen this type of brutality before, but many of his soldiers had not and were utterly shocked and disgusted. Later, it was discovered that the French had abandoned the fort for two reasons. Number one, their supply lines had been cut. Number two, they had lost the support of the native tribes. So, the French forces made their way toward another fort they held, Fort Legionnaire. The British decided to send in some fresh forces to construct a new fort near the site called Fort Pitt, named after the English Secretary of State, William Pitt. As for Washington, the British general still didn't need him to be in command. He was sent back to Virginia to be on so-called with the Virginia militia.